Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and Twenty Dynasty Podcast. We are back after a brief hiatus. Frank's computer did not want to cooperate with us, so we were out for a little bit. But we are back. It's myself, JT, uh, joined by Frank and Lunis. We are heading into preseason week three. Uh, for those who are watching, so we're kind of in the thick of it. We do have some brief news and notes to go over, but we also do want to get through our over unders on the week. Um, so. I don't know who wants to take this first topic, but I'll, I'll pass it off to you guys first. There, there's some drama going on. Well, with Jonathan Taylor, are we going into that? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of cool with whatever. I was also trying to pull up the doc, for being quite honest. I mean, it's just been a little bit of a weird offseason for Jonathan Taylor, but the, the general reaction I've seen right now from Twitter is that if he does get moved, this is just a net benefit for Jonathan Taylor stocks because you, you're just yeah. most likely going to an offense that's significantly better or at least just going to score more points than the Colts. Yeah, I agree. That's a big thing. Just like going to an offense that's going to have more scoring opportunities. Um, I don't know if it's tri- like, how much do we kind of call bullshit on that like asking price? Because What think was the asking price? He asked for around the same value of a first. If it's not a first, it would have to be like similar to what did the 49ers give up for McCaffrey? They gave up like a second, a they third. They gave up a lot, but yeah, they gave up like a second, third, and fourth, something like yeah. that. I'll tell you exactly what they gave up. They gave up. Um, geez, all right. I don't want the grade, I want the actual trade. <laughs> His second, well, third, wait, what was the grade? What was the grade? I want to hear the grade. <laughs> C minus. Oh, received a C minus grade for the deal. <laughs> earned an A minus. Who got uh, the C minus in that? 40, 49ers Where, got C minus. C minus, by the way. Yeah. C minus. Carolina got the A minus. Um, and it was a 2023 20, second, third, and fourth, and a fifth round selection in 2024. Wonder. Yeah. You got the do we think do we think Jonathan Taylor gets a bigger return than that? No, dude, no way, no way. I, I, I was gonna say also like I don't even think they're gonna get that kind of return because CMC had a couple years left on his deal. I think he's just a more dynamic running back than Jonathan Taylor, as good as Jonathan Taylor is. Um, and like yeah, pretty much with the contract, whoever who, if you're trading for him, he's probably gonna ask for what like fourteen mil per. On this next deal, I think I saw that somewhere, but like I feel like that's a pretty safe assumption. Well, the, the um, other problem is that if you trade for Taylor without a deal already worked out, then what you're going to trade for one year of him? Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's let's just cut out a third, and you do that trade that the 49ers did. So you bump up that C minus a little bit. Maybe now we're at a B plus. I, I think we're at least a B plus. We cut out that third. Um, yeah, now you hit, now he has all the leverage. You're gonna trade half your fucking draft class and then not sign the guy for long term. To. No way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at the draft tracker. That second round pick that the 49ers gave up for Christian McCaffrey was traded to Carolina, which was then traded to Chicago, which was then traded to Jacksonville, and it turned out to be Brenton Strange, tight end out of Penn State. So that's who. Oh, C minus for Brenton yeah, Strange. That's- that's yeah, but no, I, think I think it's more that that was just a bad pick. 
Because I remember, like, we were hasn't even played yet. We, we can be talking about the next Gronk right now, right? We have no fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh. But I remember when the draft, like, our draft like, guys, uh, was going on and he was picked in the second round. Do you guys like, know who the other player is? <laughs> this one's more relevant in Dynasty. Darnell what Washington. Uh, third round. Uh, Darnell Washington was the third rounder. And then if I pull up the fourth the, rounder, the best um, left half. I swear, football. I hope it's another tight end. <laughs> That'd be very funny. It was three tight ends. No, uh, Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin. Oh, dude, he's on the Steelers. He's been going crazy mm-hmm. in the preseason. Yeah, uh, those, those I'm excited about him. Dude, Steelers, the the two D line guys that they picked up are looking pretty nice, and that's exactly what we needed. Um, mm-hmm. You guys want to get into these over unders? We we have two divisions real, to go. Real through. quick, last thing on Jonathan Taylor. I guess what team, realistic team, are you hoping he goes to? That is the most beneficial I mean, fantasy-wise. Okay. Like, hoping, I don't want him on the Dolphins because I'm a Patriots fan, but I think beneficial fantasy-wise, yeah. I think it's the Dolphins. I'm with you on that. I think That's it'd be really do. cool if, like, an A-chain Jonathan Taylor swap happened. I just think that that would mm-hmm. be really fun for, as part of the yeah, for just, like, the dynasty landscape. It would be a fun move to happen. And last thing, is there any close running back you want? Um, okay, well, I think that what's his name? Zach Moss actually looked pretty decent at the end of last year. Issue is I agree he's the one to have. I don't know when he's gonna be back from injury. Right, well, um, yeah, there's that. I think like early ish in the season. Um yeah. but it was a broken arm, right? Yeah, he's yeah, it's like a break. He, they said like week two, week three, he okay, should so be, be back. back pretty early. But yeah. I'm not sure I want to give up a third for him because a third feels a little expensive. Yeah, if I could, you know, pick him up at face value or wherever the startup price is, that's a little bit better. But a third round pick feels a little hefty for him. I probably wouldn't want it. I wouldn't trade a third round pick for any running back on that team uh, if Jonathan Taylor gets traded, assuming they don't get something like in your hypothetical scenario and a chain back. Um, because I think it's just going to be a dead even committee with Anthony Richardson stealing a lot of the goal line touchdowns, which is going to be mean, very. I mean, well, could could I still think that one of those veterans will be in play, especially if they trade Taylor, right? At least just give. Oh yeah, like a Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, there's Fournette, Hunt, um, who was visiting the Colts, right? From what it feels like, the Colts are very much just going to wait and see what happens with Jonathan Taylor and then sign the veteran back. I think that's why we saw Hunt not sign with New Orleans because they kind of already have a deal in place and Hunt can still just kind of chill around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised Uh, Leonard Fournette. I guess he's just probably uh, trying to outweigh the market too. Who do you guys Um, think is more washed between Fournette or Hunt? I'm going to go with Fournette, but I also think that might be part of his strategy because you have to remember, this is a long season. Like, if you're Leonard Fournette and you're trying to ring chase, you might want to just wait until halfway through the year, a contender loses a back, a contender's mm-hmm. running back that is young, that they expected to be good, playing like shit. One of those kinds of scenarios. We, we, we almost see it, like, every year. It's usually the, the Rams with, with, with McVay, but it could be anyone, right? where yeah. they sign that veteran back halfway through the season in the playoffs. And I actually think that would suit Leonard Fournette better because Leonard Fournette on half a year with his type of play style at, at this age, I, I do think could be really good. Whereas 
Leonard Fournette, that downhill just crashing into people's style at this point in his career for an entire year is rough. Yeah, that's true. Wait. Um, Wait. Right, I mean, I'm down to get into, into the over-unders now if you guys are. Um, yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, is there anything else to touch on? Uh, JT, your boy got declared starter. Baker, um, yeah. I mean, I... I don't really. Have I never really that. took that. I never really took that competition seriously. I was yeah. not worried about Kyle Trask being him out. Um, I will say, he's got one of the best receiving rooms in the league. Obviously, not better than like the you know Bengals or Eagles or whatever Chargers, but like that's a good receiving room. That is no, it like, is. It's two, it's two like guys who went healthy normally put up a thousand yards. So yeah, I mean, I don't think. Has Mike Evans ever put under a thousand yards? No, that's no. actually a streak. He has still going back, even like more than just the NFL career, like going back to I think his last two years in college. Yeah. 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 He's had a thousand yards every single year. What's going on, PVR? Uh what's going on, Terrell Too Nice? Who's the best third and twenty running back? Um, does that mean like who's our RB1? Because for me, that's Bijan before he even walks on Agreed. the field. I think we all agree on Bijan being RB1. Who would you guys RB2 be? I think that's probably the bigger debate. Um, in which case, it's hard. Uh, I, know, I know my two and three are Brees Hall and McCaffrey. I just don't know how I'll rank them. Yeah, three it's, three. it's Brees Hall, too, for me. I, I think this year, though, you're going to have to eat it because there is Dalvin Cook there, and he is coming back I lean from Brees Hall, though. an injury. But, yeah, it's going to be it's Brees Hall. Um. See, the the thing is, realistically, I want to say just McCaffrey and Saquon because e- even though there's the age, you'd thing, rather have you have Saquon ahead of. So Brito here, here's him. the problem, right? Obviously, if you're not a team that's a contender, you you don't want Saquon, you don't want McCaffrey. They're just heavily depreciating assets. But if this is just I, I am picking a vanilla running back, right? I think McCaffrey and Saquon are just dominant type players right McCaffrey literally scores the most fucking points of a running back to play the game so yeah I mean that one's kind of a no-brainer if you're trying to win and then Saquon I think is the next best blend of he still has a lot of time left and he's an insane talent that's fair the Saquon was a little bit uh, CMC I get more I'd have Saquon still behind Brees Hall though but I understand it I I like Brees Hall listen he's my RB1 last year 101 all that but let's be real here. He is a Josh Jacobs type of player, not a Saquon type of, of player to me. Right? A, a type of at least prospect. And that's how I'm still treating. Like, I, I think Brees Hall is great, but. That's fair. I, I just don't think he's that safe yet to, to have all the way up there. Um, all right, let's get into this. All right, let's go. So what do we got? The NFC West here? Any league mm-hmm. winner thoughts? Wait, do we want to... What does that mean, Ooh. league winner thoughts? Like, who are like the best guy, league winners like to get? Like, yeah, like a guy who's like, I guess the number one by low. I, um, I think um, Cooper Cup is someone that on contender teams I've been Cooper looking to purchase. Like I've, I've purchased him for a late first and a contender second. And I'm pretty happy with that deal. I think he's the type of player that profiles out to have at least another two years of high-end production. And for yeah. a first and a second, it's like, 
if you're if you're a real because I was a, a real contender in that league and I obviously still am like any future first I trade is probably towards the back half but I was able to do 111 this year uh trying to think of more even like cheap uh I still everyone's kind of out on the Cardinals offense I think Hollywood Brown is still and we'll talk about him soon but I think he's way too cheap for how good a receiver he is. And I also think Kyler is going to be back earlier in the season than people realize. Like, I think everyone was assuming not to like week 10 from what I've seen. seems like it again, knock on wood. I don't know what it's going to be. seems like it might be closer to like a week five type of thing. Like he might miss the first month, maybe another like week or two after that. But Hollywood Brown is someone that I like a lot who I think is just way too cheap right now. Uh, I'll do all positions. Wide receiver Hollywood Brown was one of mine. Um, Deontay Johnson would be the other one because Deontay, I think yeah. he's just, it's just regression. He had no touchdowns last year. That's not going to be the case this year. He's still a target hog. Easy pick for Deontay. Um, running back this one, you kind of, there, there's two thoughts I have. Aaron Jones is still the starting running back in green Bay and he's running back 26. So that's one. The other one that I've been thinking about is Tank Bigsby, just simply because he's very talented. He's in a good spot. It's just that people are afraid of Etienne, but Etienne someone who already had the Liz Frank injury, and if you've been with the podcast, you know how Jake talks about the Liz Frank injury and what that means. Um, I think if Etienne were to go down, Tank Bigsby would definitely be a league winner, but that's like a not even contingent. Yeah, not even just that. And I think Etienne's uh, going to have a huge year, but he's not like like a 23 to 25 touch a game guy. And you know, he's going to get like a couple catches. So Bigsby's going to get touches. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think ETN could be that kind of running back. Like a 25 touch a game guy. Oh yeah. I, I do think he could be. I just don't, I, I think, and, and carries. I'm also taking into account that it's Doug Peterson as the coach. I was going to say, I think simply from game plan and everything, I just don't think they're going to use ETN. Like I think ETN like going to have that, a huge but, I'm, yeah. I'm really high on ETN, and I have him, like, I know we haven't done, like, our own personal dynasty rankings again this year, but I have him really high in my uh, running back overall rankings. Um, I think ETN's good. I don't, I don't think he's insane. I think he, he he's one of those running backs that is able – he's so athletic um, and so yeah. quick that that just bails him out a, a shit ton. But in terms and, of being and, a developed running back, I don't think he's towards the top of the league in that regard, but – same thing with That's Kenneth Walker, but we'll see if they're yeah. able to keep developing. That's the issue, though, is that I just think that he's a product of volume to an extent. I'm I'm a little bit higher. I understand what you're saying. Plus, I mean, just that's an offense you want to invest in for both those guys. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, dude. You look at some of those games the Jaguars had last year. It now there was a consistency issue, but there were so many games where Travis Etienne was getting twenty plus carries. Like there was a, there was a good amount of them. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head. Um. Okay. So that's running back position. Then, um, tight end. It's just always Kyle Pitts. Tight end. It's not. It's always Kyle Pitts. I don't care if he's tight end too. He's the only guy that has that game breaking potential. Who's not old like Travis Kelsey. It's it's Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's taken a big hit from where he was going originally. And that's fair um, because the Falcons don't pass the ball. 
and Desmond Ritter is not going to be a good quarterback. At least I don't think so. But at this point, he's priced like that. So if Desmond Ritter is somewhat of a capable quarterback, uh, Kyle Pitts will win you leagues. Um, I'll and, do two more quick yeah. deep ones. Juwan Johnson on the Saints. Yeah, and, that's a good call. Um, and Kenny Gainwell, before people realize that um, I've been following Eagles training camp, he's been ahead of Penny in first-team reps. It's been mostly Swift than Gainwell. I'm going to go with the other Saints tight end that doesn't actually play tight end, but he's listed as one. Hmm. Taysom Hill's the cheapest tight end that you can (laughs) actually start, unironically. Um, I don't don't really like a lot of the tight ends right now. It's it's always shit. All right, let's get into the uh, NFC West. All right, over-unders. Kyler Murray is probably the easiest you of all time. Yeah. QB 14. It's just so, so underrated. It's almost. <laughs> he was, when, when he was healthy playing, he was always viewed as kind of like a top five or six dynasty quarterback. And they, I know last season was kind of a disaster and everyone gets like the video game chokes off. But last season when he played, he was still a good fantasy quarterback. Um, yeah. I just don't think people have learned their lesson from Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's a short lesson, but like, Trevor Lawrence had – I'm just going to delete the Jake column for now. Trevor yeah. Lawrence had um, arguably one of, like, one of the worst coaches of all time and has since bounced back and is now like a top 10 quarterback, top seven, I think, at this point. Um, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury was bad. All right. Yeah, I've been yelling that he was bad for years now, um, but I think they finally saw it. So is the Eagles the new – let's look at Eagles guy, Gannon. Is that who the head coach is? It's, it's, it's as simple as this. Go look at his yards per game, passing and rushing, and then look at Lamar Jackson and then ask yeah. why he's not a top 12 quarterback. Number one overall pick, still under the age of 27. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's – And yeah, we've, seen, we've seen him have, like, top five finishes. The thing is, this is not realistic. He's not QB fourteen for anyone else. I was going to say, yeah, if you, if you try to buy him off someone, you're not getting that price. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the fact of the matter is, he's probably priced like in the general vicinity of Nick Chubb. I feel like if I offered Nick Chubb for Kyler straight up in, in these superflex leagues, I would get laughed at. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't see. Well, let me see if I can pull up trades involving. Kyler real quick just to I mean the second now it is 14 teams but Lappy's at wanted like three firsts yeah oh that yeah that is the thing there have been kind of crazy trades involving Kyler Murray I just wish I was in these leagues so there's some realistic ones right like Kyler Murray for two firsts you don't know where the firsts are 2024 like that could be for example Caleb Williams um but then if I scroll down a little bit, I see Kyler Murray and Alvin Kamara. Now, keep in mind, these are Superflex leagues. Like, this is filtered for Superflex 12-team leagues. Kyler Murray and Alvin Kamara for Devontae Smith. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I would like Kyler- to see, honestly, one would be awesome on this trade chart. Um, mm-hmm. If you could see how old the league is. I think that would oh, be yeah, this if is you like could a, filter yeah. by that. Yeah, because that, that to be me nice. is is a type of trade that is using um, uh, one Q, QB one values, QB. Yeah. right? Yeah, um, we have Kyler and a first twenty twenty four first for Justin Fields. 
Kyler and James Conner for a first, two seconds, and a third. That's insane Kyler. to be able to trade fields for Kyler and a first. Now, here's one that I think actually might happen, but I definitely disagree with it. Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore for 103. I'm going to assume that ended up being Anthony Richardson in this draft. I mean, it could have been. Yeah, no, that that, that actually draft. might be a good deal for the person getting Richardson from like a, like if you look at the yeah, startup like a, ADP, yeah, that might ADP. actually be a profitable move. <clears throat> yeah. I, and and I, I like Richardson. I would rather have Kyler than any of the rookie mm-hmm. QBs this year. I agree. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're able to arbitrage, now this is almost a different discussion. Should, should I just not go into this? Should we get back to the over? <laughs> we could say, oh, well, we do have another over under to go through. So maybe. Okay, so yeah, let's, yeah, let's save it. Let's save yeah, it. Okay. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> I, I know where you're going, though, and I agree. Um, Clayton Toon, the rookie. I think he's underrated. Frank, you say he's overrated. I, I mean, he's looked good in preseason so far. And he's free. Next for free. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the other rookies. I don't like this. I have some Clayton Toons. Speaking of Lappy, you know, while he is asking for three firsts for Kyler Murray right now, which is pretty valid, but he came up with the let me just yoink all the mid-round QBs in like the fourth and fifth round of the of the rookie draft. And he hit on a couple. Like, if you're doing that strat, Clayton Toon is not a bad player to have stashed away right now. You know who's been getting a decent amount of hype recently, and we already talked about his division, is um, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell's look really good. He actually has looked very good. Um, Stetson Bennett has been like – actually, no, we're going to talk about him in a second here. Um, yeah, I'm not buying into the sets and Bennett stuff. <laughs> we're yeah. here. We're here. We all say Matthew Stafford's underrated because, I mean, you know, quarterback fucking, 30. The price is dropped so much. There you go. He, uh, like, you'd have, he'd have to be completely cooked. St- uh, Stafford, yeah. It's just that yeah. injury would have to be actually, like, career-ending. Um, Stetson Bennett, though, he stinks. I don't know. I don't have anything. I else just to think he's he's inconsistent and and that's what's what's annoying is that you see some of the throws he makes and they're really elite level NFL throws and then you see some other throws and he has some big misses. Um which is not really something you saw a ton at Georgia. It's probably just because of the pressure of the NFL even in preseason, but that that's what's kind of been frustrating yet exciting about Stetson Bennett at the same time. Dude, the, the thing is, though, it just feels like McVay likes him, right? That he's trying to put Stetson Bennett in a spot where he's in line to compete for the QB1 job once Stafford is gone. Yeah, but I just think there's so many... I think Go ahead, Jason. I just think there's so many backups like in the league that could just go into los angeles and take that job from him i mean we saw what baker was able to do just flying in <laughs> like no practice like nothing and showed up and helped them win a game under mcveigh like i don't i'm not willing to say stetson bennett's going like sure maybe he'll get like a fair shot at the quarterback competition but i just don't see a world where he's that starting quarterback for los angeles yeah, yeah. Fact of the matter is, this this price is a little high because it's starting to get into the third round territory. I probably would ship off Stetson for a third, um, just given the hit rates and everything. It feels like you're 
99% of the time just getting a third for free for a roster clogger. Mm -hmm. But once again, I, I, I think he's shown enough promise, right? Him, AOC, and, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, these to me yeah. are three rookies who, yeah, they're probably never going to be starters, but they have shown enough promise to where they, a coaching staff will, will potentially actually give them a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DTRs look good for the Browns, especially in the first two games. Um, I don't have anything else to add. Jake's in chat, though, and he is crashing on Stetson Bennett, which I do agree with. Um, <laughs> moving on to Seattle, though, we have Geno Smith, who we all said is overrated at quarterback 22. And I think we could get some pushback here simply because, like, he's got DK Metcalf, uh, JSN, and Tyler like Lockett. I think the price is fine. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it's more so like if I had to bet on it going up or down by the time next season. It, actually, I mean, because he could have a decent year. It's just I don't think he's the long-term option there. And Yeah, that was, that was my feelings on that. The, as well. the issue with, with Geno Smith right now, and like kind of like Lunas, I, I think this is like a decently fair price. His upside is what Kirk Cousins was, a guy that – you don't want to trade away because he's worth a first, but outside of someone really needing a QB, no one's giving your ass a first-round pick. That's his upside. That's literally his upside, but he's putting up low-end QB1 seasons. Um, so if your team is in a spot where you really want a Kirk Cousins or you have a, a chance to pick him up without giving up first-round-type assets to be in, you know, on, on a contending QB team as your QB2, QB3 spot, I think he's a really good player to have and hold on to. I think that's a fair take. Yeah. And I, even so, I you think... want him to be your QB3, though, wouldn't you? On a, yeah. on a real contender? Yeah. Preferably, yeah. But, I mean... Because hmm. if not, you have Depends to pair him with, with a Mahomes. Like, you you yeah, have to yeah. have a top you would, five. Yeah, you would have to have, like, a Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Well, Hurts. that's why I'd imagine a contender would be, though. Right. They would have that kind of, and then, you know, they'd have a lot of value in the receiver and running back position as well, obviously. Um, but Drew Locke, we all say is underrated. Frank, you sent a text in, you know, that was this morning, a couple of days ago, I remember, saying that <laughs> something that no one's talking about, but Drew Locke has looked much better, improved, you said. I, listen, it's preseason. I honestly try to stay away from because it it's all bait. But I will say I caught a little bit of that Seahawks, um, mainly trying that, um, to scout out JSN and that, dude, uh, Drew Locke was salty. Yeah. Dude, Drew Locke looks much better, right? I now I'm not coming out here and saying that I'm trading my thirds for Drew Locke or or anything really. But this is a dude that is definitely being forgot about and like he's free. <laughs> He is a backup right now, so it's not like he's completely like non-rosterable. Yeah, I, I think he belongs on a team, um, like a, a sorry dynasty team, and things break his way or whatever. Geno Smith could get hurt; like he could be in that job for a while. I don't know. I mean, that receiving core and everything. I know JSN might not be ready week one, but that receiving core should do them a lot of favors um so 
I'm just really hoping he gets a chance to play another regular season game or two. I really would want to see, okay, has he actually progressed or was that just another Drew Locke looks good for one game and then takes the bait for the next three? (laughs) True. Feels like he's been in the league forever and he's only a year older than Stetson Bennett. And he was a, I mean, he he was good in college. He was a relatively highly rated prospect, right? Obviously, he didn't get that first round draft capital, but the guy has talent. He had a decent rookie season, if I remember correctly, too, when he played. Yeah, people Um, thought he'd be playing solid. Yeah. Uh, um, Now looking. Shit show. this, This is the one. Uh, look, I'll start with Brock Purdy. I, everyone knows how I feel about Trey Lance. The thing about Brock Purdy to me is he is just a pretty good game manager. Like that's what he's, his job is. He's the game manager. He's going to facilitate the ball to the actual playmakers and Kittle and Debo and Ayuk. Um, I think what people say is good about him is that he doesn't really turn the ball over. Although from, if you read the 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 training camp reports, yeah, yeah. He had the most drop picks and based on the training camp reports, he's throwing pick sixes like every practice, Um, which I mean, I don't know how much to buy into that because I'll put, I I care more. I was going to say, I care more about the fact that he had the most drop picks uh, when he played last year, rather than him struggling against an insanely good 49ers defense in training camp. Well, no, it's not. It's it's like in um, joint practices that this is going. Oh, on. yeah, that's a good point. That's like a good the point. Raiders and I yeah, yeah, yeah. where they just played. Um, yeah. So, oh, the Broncos. Um, so, look, I think as long as he's got the starting job in San Fran, like he's going to be coveted, but I just don't see a path into where he breaks into the top 20. I know he's quarterback 20. I don't know how he goes up. (laughs) So that's why I have the overrated. Frank, you can... Um, I don't know. I I think it's pretty easy to see how he goes up. He's a really young quarterback. And when you compare him to a lot of the other young quarterbacks, like the Kenny Picketts and, and whatnot, I think that there's a decent chance that Purdy can go out there and put up Daniel Jones type numbers and, and shoot up to like a QB 15 and be worth a first round pick on his own hundred percent outright. Um, yeah. His downside is pretty rough as well. Like he's definitely a risky player to hold, but it seems like he's the starter right, right now. He, it yeah, seems he, like he's, he's, the starter. Guaranteed. He's, he's the, he's the young question starter. Um, yeah. I even feel like it's it's like they would, the the Niners would really have to come out and struggle for him to get benched early on. Um, so I, I think Purdy more times than not pans out and is a good investment. Dude, yeah, like he, he was put if he puts up the numbers he was in those games last year, he yeah that's up just where I, that's that's the thing though I just don't think he's going to I think are we worried about the Tommy John at all? I don't care that much about it. My my bigger issue is I, I think I don't know any quarterback who's gotten Tommy, Roethlisberger Tommy got it. Oh, um, Roethlisberger that was got late. It. Um, yeah, my my bigger issue is I think based off the now it's kind of it's a small sample size, but to be fair, we don't really have big sample size of Brock Purdy. If you look at the game against Dallas, I think defenses have figured him out. I think it's going to be a problem in the actual 
Real quick, Lewis. The problem I have with that, though, is that this Shanahan offense with both mm-hmm. the, his scheme that I think is going to improve as well, because if we I was looking at a lot of these preseason games for the Niners, and I feel like Shanahan is starting to like get in the groove of like modern passing attack concepts, right? Doing all this switch bullshit from these receivers. Plus the talent they have, dude, to me, you don't have to be anything crazy as a QB. Just be a Matt Ryan. Just know where to fucking go with the ball and get it out on time and in rhythm. Sure. Yeah, wrong. Uh, yeah. Dude, this yeah. offense is okay. That's what, that's what I've been saying, though. Like, I just think, like, uh, the 49ers don't seem that concerned with it, but I think, like, if they, if they are officially moving on from Trey Lance, who we'll get to in a second, and that's just not the guy, like, I think you could get a bunch of other quarterbacks to come in and do Brock Purdy's job, and they'd be fine. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean, I, I think, like, half the quarters, half the starting QBs in the league could go in there and do that. But I think basically all the starting quarterbacks in the league can do that. No, I disagree with that, because where, you, where the real money is made is can they do it against pressure? And that's the issue that you see with, right now, Sam Darnold, right? And honestly, I'm going to throw back an O on Sam Darnold. I wish I didn't fucking buy him for a third in the second 20 league. Um, <laughs> if you... This offense, if there's no pressure, if they're blocking dudes up front, then it's literally like playing Madden on rookie. You're just going to be hitting wide open Ayukes and Debo's over the middle of the mm-hmm. field, right? You're, you're just going to be abusing people. But you need to be able to play against pressure, and that's the one thing that Brock Purdy did much better than any of these other QBs is against pressure, they were good. Trey Lance is actually decent against pressure, but he doesn't know where the fuck to go with the ball and how to get <laughs> it out on time. So it's that's, that's the issue there. But that's I I just going back. You look at Purdy. I, I feel like he just knows the fucking system. He's got it down. He's got the feel for the game. He can play against pressure, and he's good enough to just make the standard throws. You don't need to be Mahomes. He, I, I don't even think Shanahan wants a, a Mahomesy type of player. He would much rather have that dude that's just methodical, getting the ball to where Shanahan wants the ball to go. Yeah. Fair. I still would contend that most starting quarterbacks in the league can do what Purdy does. I know pressure is tough on certain people like Sam Darnold, but it's just the fact of life of an NFL quarterback. Like, if you can't handle pressure, you're not going to belong in the league. I will say, if if you put Baker Mayfield in a well, with a good offensive line in, in, uh, in San Francisco, right? They're, like, just beating people up front. He, he wins an MVP. You think I'm so? not even joking. I'm not <laughs> okay. even joking. If and now listen, that's saying a lot. I thought right? I was that's saying guy. you could block dudes up front every game, which is like most yeah, good true. quarterbacks should win when you do that. But yeah, he would. <laughs> All right, I don't know where he that. I, 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 I like that take. All right, um, Trey Lance. I well, you know how I feel about Trey Lance. I just think. At this point, San Fran just has moved on from him, I think. Like, he's getting, like, seven, eight reps in preseason. Um, he's only playing a quarter. Um, I just think he, there's going to be – he's going to end up on a different team. Um, I don't know when that will be. 
Uh, Shanahan was saying today that him and Sam Darnold will be rotating as the second quarterback uh, for the 49ers. Um, I don't know. How many teams keep three quarterbacks going into the NFL season? I feel like it's not um, often you the have Steelers three. did uh, a couple years where we had Duck, we had Mason Rudolph, and we yeah. had Roethlisberger. Or wait, he was... No, maybe we did do two. I can't remember. I, I think there were a couple of seasons recently where we had three. Okay. It's not so, the craziest thing in the shout, world. Shout out NBC Sports because uh, they had it up real quick. Uh, last year, only 12 teams had three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster. But you're allowed to now dress three quarterbacks. So uh, okay. does that change things? Like maybe they keep more quarterbacks on – maybe more teams are keeping quarterbacks? I don't know. But Well, you're not cutting them. That, that's the thing. It's just like it feels like you're holding a lot of value in your backup quarterbacks, which, I mean, you saw based in, on the playoffs, like <laughs> you could use it. But it does kind of feel like a waste of assets just having those two guys that you like kind of riding the bench. I don't know. I just they, – they really are kind of fucked here because – it it just seems like they can't trade him for anything that's really worth trading him. Well, for. yeah, I mean, at this point, what team is gonna, you know, it, it was rare that Baker got traded um, last year, and Baker got yeah. traded though in like July. So at least he had like a training camp and everything to get up to speed with these guys. But like, I I don't know how <laughs> any team would trade for Trey Lance or Donald right now. I can see it maybe, so, like thinking far ahead here next draft team like once the quarterback situation between free agency like potential big trades the draft is kind of settling a team is like think of maybe like the bucks this year where they're picking in the middle part of the draft and they need a qb maybe they're a team that goes after a trey lance for like a second round pick i don't think he would cost as much as a second if you do it by like, yeah, but I, I don't think that the Niners are going to give them up for anything that's not worth giving up. I think that they are literally yeah, but willing point, to if, just have him sit as saying, a backup. Like, if we're saying, if we're saying next summer, right? At that point, Trey Lance only has one year left on his deal, and they're not going to pick up his fifth year option at that price. Like, what are you going to? Yeah, but it gives him two years. Like, you're it is two. No, but years at that point. At that point, in the hypothetical scenario we're saying, like next offseason, you'd only have one year left, so you trade him that offseason or you lose him for nothing. He'd have one year left plus the option. Yeah, but they're, so not picking up that, they're not picking up that team option at that salary for a backup quarterback. Depends on when you have, like, Dude, you have, like, you have to remember, Lunas, like, there is a lot – like, time is a factor here because, A, we have an entire season to play. It is not unrealistic that Brock Purdy gets injured and then all of a sudden Trey if, Lance could be fucking playing games. If he plays well and increases his trade – like, that's that's completely different. I'm saying the assumption that – so he's played two years. It's a four-year deal. Let's just say he doesn't get to play the entire season. Purdy stays healthy. Next summer would be the last chance to trade him before you lose. They're not going to pick up the fifth-year option on a number three pick overall salary first-round pick. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to, yeah, they'd have to trade him. And they'd have to season. trade him next summer. But that's what I'm saying is that, like, that draft, one, 
around that that time if you're a QB needy team Trey Lance is probably in your mind if if the situation is still as it is right now yeah Denver was the one I thought of like if Russell Wilson still cooked because I don't think they're going to be bad enough to have like a top pick but they don't have their pick right like wasn't that part of the Seattle trade you you wouldn't you won't need a first to get Trey Lance Oh, I'm just talking about to like replace Russell Wilson in the oh, draft. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah, I don't think they have a first. But okay, go tying this back into the over under. I'm switching it to an O because I don't think Trey Lance really plays this year, and that to me is a problem because the more he doesn't play, the more I think his value sinks. And especially if he's relegated to this backup role, I think we could see a, a, a Zach Wilson scenario where his price dips to around a third round pick. I think he'd be more valued like uh, Jordan Love. Like, I think it's better if he doesn't play compared to what Zach Wilson did, which was play and play poorly. Right. Because you do just have that unknown. Like, oh, he Jordan might Love still be really not. good. Yeah, yeah, I think Jordan Love is more what we see. Did so he I think dip just, to an early third at? At points when he was a backup, Jordan Love, I he had to have right. I, like I maybe think, when I think, was, I think he was always solid in the second round because everyone was anticipating Rogers to leave. Didn't they like not play him one week or something? Like what? Wasn't uh, Rogers with really, COVID? <laughs> but the other yeah, thing too, though, is that there's no Rogers in San Francisco, right? It's yeah, that's that's kind of what makes yeah. it tricky. Because Jordan Love did hold some value because everyone was like, Rogers is definitely going to leave, and like with some time within the next 12 months. And here it's like, it's annoying because Purdy, yeah, he's not. Oh, uh, now I want to, the thing is, so it all boils down to, he gets traded. Is he a starting QB or at least perceived to be, or perceived to be in line to be the starting quarterback? Because that will, will increase his value from where it is right now. A shit ton. At least a smidge. Yeah. I don't think a shit ton. I think he'll, his floor will be like a mid-second instead of a late second. I think maybe I an think early second. He, he would start for off the top of my head the Commanders. Um, I think that's it for the AFC and NFC East, like right off the bat. Because I personally would rather have him than Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's starting over Daniel Jones currently. So I'm just doing like what an NFL team would do. Uh, sorry, I think he'd start over Sam Howell. The um, Bucks, he'd probably start. Yeah, Bucks. so the Pucks. Um, Atlanta. Falcons could. Atlanta. It'd be a battle between him and Ritter. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think he's not starting over Carr, so I think that's the NFC South. AFC South, he's... I think he could challenge Tannehill. I think just Tannehill is gone. He's, it, it like, and the writing is on the wall. When yeah. Tannehill goes, like, yeah, he could compete. Yeah, they, you've drafted QBs in multiple years. Like, clearly you're not right. thrilled with Tannehill. Um, I just don't know if he'd start with Tan- over Tannehill right away. They just move on from him. Um, that's it for the AFC South. AFC North, I think he's better than Jordan Love, although I don't know if that's what's going to happen. Uh, Jared Goss looked good, so I'm not going to write him off. Field's fine. Kirk Cousins, no. AFC North is – I like him more than Kenny Pickett. Um, whether or not the Steelers would do that, I don't know. Um, that's really it for the AFC North. Then you go out to the Raiders. West. 
He already beat out Jimmy G once. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders. Um, Can you imagine after Jimmy that, G just like, oh, yeah, following you, yeah. <laughs> dude. If the Raiders found a franchise QB in Aiden O'Connell, that would just be so fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's Jimmy G's not the guy though, so it's and he's made a nice career out of not being the guy. So I don't have too much. He's starting a Super Bowl. I'm not going to have too much sympathy for Jimmy G. Um, Obviously not the Chargers, Chiefs. I mean, maybe the Broncos. If Russell Wilson is truly washed, I just don't believe it. NFC West, again, it's just is Matthew Stafford totally toast. Um, Other than that, I don't think he'd start over any of those guys yet. Like maybe Gino, but he'd start for the Cardinals. (laughs) He'd start for the Cardinals without Kyler Murray, but it's just when does Kyler Murray come back? Um, I think that's it. I think that's all the... So, I don't know. Like, probably, like, 10 teams that he would have a decent shot at starting for, if not definitely starting for. Um, And then I'd say there's, like, another five teams that I would really strongly consider him. But, yeah. I I think you need a team where, let's say, the Rams, Matthew Stafford retires. Like that, or like you were saying with the Titans. Um, I mean, will yeah. Will Levis being there? They may not want to pay the price it would take to get Lance. Like, like you you brought, you brought up the perfect example. It has to be like the type of situation Baker found himself like in Tampa Bay. Like, it has to be like that type of situation to a different team. Well, I was kind of thinking of it like a Carson Wentz scenario, where a team is like, "Oh, we're going to trade for a guy." With the chance, or maybe it would be more of like a Drew Lock to Seattle, where they bring in a vet and trade for the young guy to compete for and the starting job. I think that's the scenario that, that's most likely to happen. So yeah, wherever be, he goes, it's going to be some yeah. It would be like him against a Baker, right? Like next season, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Both underrated quarterbacks, if you ask me. Uh, Let's um. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot of QB talk. I don't think we're gonna have nearly as much time say, as that on other. Yeah, any other. Was, there, this. I mean, the first two teams running backs don't really move me. Um, I think James Conner is just underrated simply because he's the unquestioned starter. I'm gonna see. Here's the thing with James Conner though; it's gonna be close going. Um, but like, but Conner might come back like week five or six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also he's yeah. I think second in the league in touchdowns, uh, not counting quarterbacks. I wrote oh, but years. I think I wrote oh, but I think it's a fair price. Cam Akers is a weird one to me because the Achilles and everything. Like, is he back? I don't know. Zach Evans, I kind of like in case Kyler's not. I'm out on the Seattle running backs. I like Kenneth Walker, RB twelve. Yeah. Um, yeah, Elijah Mitchell's a good backup, I'll say. So I'll say he's underrated. I'll change my CMC one to you. I could, I, I could see him being RB3 next year, but like I'm looking more actually like the number 6,500 where I think, yeah. I'm surprised that I'm putting a U next to Kenneth Walker. I think that this is a little bit of an overreaction to the Zach Charbonnet pickup. Um. Because I'm not, I've been pretty adamant anti Kenneth Walker, but this price tag, given the current running back landscape, 
seems a little bit with nice. how good he was as a rookie him being outside of the 10 top 10 was surprising to me i thought he'd be like like right, exactly because he's one of the only young running backs that you just know is going to be on that team getting carries as of right now yeah, like because you compare him to like a jk dobbins right like Yeah. Dobbins, you don't know what the fuck is happening. And the price is really not that that yeah. crazy between these two players now. At, at this valuation. I still think I might like Dobbins more. Kenneth Walker, I think he's okay. I've always he's been a Dobbins shooter. I don't know, just like the injuries now are it's getting annoying with Dobbins. I don't know, dude. I, I think Kenneth Walker at, at this price is a pretty good like if i wanted to build a hero running back team around a nice young running back i could do like i i could definitely see myself talking myself into doing this with kenneth walker instead of waiting for like a Najee and risking a Najee because kenneth walker just looked way better than Najee kind of did like last year Najee had a rough rough season look my my issue with Kenneth Walker, and I think I'm playing the narrative game here, but he's got the groin injury. He's been announced week to week. I just think the more you let Zach Charbonnet build up steam, I just see this team as a running back by committee, albeit a very good running back by committee. But for running back 12 prices, it's just not not exciting for me. I'd rather pivot to probably a receiver. All right, going go on to the to the Niners, I mean, we're all in agreement that the top two running backs are just... I almost said overrated for Elijah Mitchell, but just knowing Christian Caffrey's injury concerns and how I feel like this backfield's going to be... Managed, oh, Elijah Mitchell was an easy underrated for me. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a, a solid workload regardless of CMC being healthy or not. Um, well, I, I think another thing to consider is that like you compare Elijah Mitchell and what he's done in the league compared to a lot of the backups that are higher priced than him. It's it's just like too big of a gap, right? Yeah. So you think of someone, and I like this player, but A.J. Dillon. I guess it's because A.J. Dillon seems to be like the guy in line to like own the backfield in the future. But... If you talk about right now production, I mean, there's a pretty darn good chance that Elijah Mitchell outproduces AJ Dillon this year. Hey, maybe not. No, that might just be complete bullshit. Now that I'm thinking about. No, it. I was about to. Hey, could. I, I don't think it's complete. I was about to tell you. I think it's going to be close between them two. That Packers offense. You know, when you, when you also consider like how many scoring opportunities between the two offenses is going to be. I think it will rely on CMC getting hurt. Um, no, I just, I think, I just think, I think they'll. I think he also relies on how good uh, Jordan Love is. Like, if it's like it's true, offense, that Packers offense like, fucking sucks, then it's going to be rough yeah, for everyone. That's what I'm saying. Where, like, sure, AJ Dillon might get like more touches, but like, if Elijah Mitchell just ends up with like four more touchdowns or something, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's the classic bait of fantasy. It's the like the, the Houston Texans theory. You're like, oh well, they have to play two receivers. You're gonna get a like, ton of touches. Let, yeah, let me get the the Texans second receiver. Someone has to get the ball, and then you tune then into the Texans like, game and you just see punt after punt. And you're like, damn, yeah, this guy doesn't even play. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah. So that's why I say I don't think it's I don't think it's a crazy take at all. 
Uh, Tyrion Davis Price, I think, is awful. Not in. Yeah. I, I. Oh, I didn't mean to put a euphem. Like, I think he's a dude that, that, and the thing that sucks about Tyrion Davis Price to me, and this might be be me being way too harsh on him. Even if Elijah Mitchell and CMC both get hurt, I still don't think he's like the handcuff guy to own. I, I think mm-hmm. that he either gets usurped or is splitting carries in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Moving on to tight ends. We all have underrated for the Cardinals tight ends. Trey McBride, I'll say I have. I used to be super high on Trey McBride. Now I'll say I don't think he's going to ever separate I himself. Still, he's, 20, he's 23. Yeah, I just I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that separates himself from I, I think he'll be like a decent guy to have on your team like he'll score a touchdown every other week kind of thing maybe less than that but he's never going to be the like like top 5 dynasty tight end like and at that point it doesn't really matter like whether you're tight end 8 or tight end 20 it's like a couple points difference so um, I have underrated. I could agree. I could agree with that. He's not going to be a, a a dominant tight end ever. Probably, like overwhelmingly likely, he's never going to reach that. But that doesn't mean he can't be a guy like a Higby. More valuable. Yeah, that that's where. Yeah, that's exactly. Maybe I didn't say that correctly, but that's exactly where I'm coming from. Like, I think he'll be. That's why I'm underrated. I think he'll be decent, but it's just not that excited like I was prior about Trey McBride. I think all the, I mean, me and Lunas agree, and JT, you're almost there. Um, I think all of these tight ends are just slightly underpriced. I would say no, like, he's in a tough spot, but no offense to one of those guys that I'll just keep betting on. Um, this year might not be the year, though, for no offense, just given what he's oh, got. Oh, dude, I think no offense, and I, I think we should buy him in the rebuild leagues if we haven't already. I think Noah Fan is a great rebuild target because this dude has such an Evan Ingram path where he I, goes yeah. to a team in free agency and can actually get 60, 70, 80 targets consistently instead of being in this weird Seahawks, we don't give a shit about roster construction landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. George Kill, I, I think, is, is pretty underrated as well. I mean, I get that he's older but it, the, i don't think that cliff's there yet and tight end seven for someone who was you know kind of rivaling kelsey for tight end one at one point uh i think is pretty cheap for kittle well what's interesting is that i was thinking about in some of my leagues potentially selling kittle if i could get a first for him um just like a random team first but the market quickly adjusted this offseason, and he went and dipped immediately under that first-round pick territory, at least on keep trade cut. Bulletproof ADP, he's still around there. Um, but I, I still think he's worth a random first-round pick, all things considered. You're a contending team, a contender first. like I think he's worth it, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't think you're. if you have him, you're going to get that, like you were saying. I'm surprised you haven't overrated on Higby. I don't care how much about Higby. I've never liked Higby. I think, I think he's probably going to be second on the Rams in uh, catches this season. Yeah, I, I, I think, think Higby, as a contender, if you need a tight end, is a fantastic buy. Yeah. 
Look at that receiving room. Oh, well, yeah, I think it's an awful receiving room. I just After don't care about Higby. I want to pull up Higby's stats. It's just like you you don't think he does it. Oh, my God. I remember in the semifinals last, uh, last fantasy season, fucking anyone else who's watching can relate to me. If you played against Tyler Higby, He's he's the devil. He fucking had like like eight catches, like three touchdowns on a in the semifinals round. Like he was projected for like six points and went off for like thirty something. That's all I see. We're gonna do that's on the screen. Tyler Higby last year had a hundred eight targets and seventy two catches. Yo, yeah, again. Can you do me a favor? Can you pull up that Tyler Higby game against the Broncos? Can we just take a moment to appreciate that Tyler fucking Higby had 108 targets last year? Dude, him and Baker. Dude, he had his... uh, How many targets did freaking Pickens have? Him and Baker were cooking. Cooper Cup got hurt, and they were going off. Pickens had 84 targets. Like, yeah, yeah well, Pickens Pickens. is obviously getting higher quality targets, but like, dude, 108 targets for this guy at <laughs> at that keep trade cup price at 1500 value at tight end 27. This is at least waste lord numbers. Come on, at least waste nope. lord 108 okay. targets, dude. These people are, are you, you could go on Twitter. Scroll through Dynasty subreddit, fucking bullshit, and you can see hordes of people circle jerking every random young tight end in existence, yet overlooking someone who just got 108 fucking targets for a third round pick at tight end. I did pull up I pulled up the Higby uh he had uh nine catches on eleven targets for ninety-four yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, in the semifinals, that sucked, dude. Like (laughs) a week and a half ago, I looked at Tyler Higby's stats and I was just bamboozled. I was like, dude, this is this has to be a an accounting error. error. (laughs) (laughs) Stat keepers on crack. This is no way. This is true. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, extra zero somewhere. Let's move on to the wide receivers, though. Hollywood Brown, he's rivaling Kyler Murray to me for most underrated. I still think it's Kyler Murray by far, but I think the top three guys are all underrated. Uh, Michael Wilson, I'm not going to say it's underrated. Rondell Moore, he's still that weird guy where it's like I think he could put it all together. I really like them coming out. I also really like David mm-hmm. Bell, so I kind of over two on the Purdue wide receivers, but. I think Rondell Moore still has a shot of putting it together. Cooper I, I want to see if anyone else agrees with me in my kind of spicy take later down in the receivers. Um, so with Rondell Moore, I was a big Rondell Moore guy. I still like him, but I think the fact of the matter is, is that Rondell Moore is just too high. Um, I think most drafts, I'm looking at the board, and I'd probably prefer that 211, 212, 301 type pick that he's valued at. Right yeah. now, with the current information that we have, um, mm-hmm. as prospects, yeah, I, I'd as like Rondell more, but hmm. I was just um, 
I'm pulling something else up for something I'm going to have to bring up soon. But um, JT, you can go ahead on the rest of the Cardinals receivers. I feel no, like I'm nothing else on, on Michael Wilson because I like Michael Wilson, but I'm putting him as an overrated. Yeah, he's been getting a little. I like him. For me. I, I think I, th- I think the price is fine. Uh, I just like he's gonna he's gonna be starting at outside receiver this year. Um, I know it's not really an exciting offense. I, I again, I still do think Kyler's gonna play like more than half the season. Um, I just think at best he's like the fourth target on this team. Because I think whatever the tight end is going to be is That's going to be the tight end, him. yeah. And then Hollywood, and then Rondo Moore probably will out-target him as well. Um, the Rams, I think, if I'm looking correctly, the only one we disagree on, I just had the O on Van... Uh, I might change that to U on Van Jefferson. Oh, I just turned myself I think twice. Um, Van Jefferson is better than Tyler Higby in my mind, so... That's where I'll put the U. Seattle. Van Jefferson's a little interesting because he's another dude that could just sneakily end up around 100 targets. Now, once again, at the end of the day, even though he's on the cheaper side, you're still giving up a third for him. And I think that there might be better receivers to buy for a third straight up if that's the price. Um, probably like a Zay Jones, right? I think of him as a guy that's probably just going to put up better numbers than Van Jefferson. Um, yeah, I mean, he had 89 targets two years ago. Then last year he was injured. Um, so I could see him around that. Yeah, but it's still mark. like speculative, you know? Um, you'd have to, you'd yeah. have to get him pretty cheap to really like be targeting Van Jefferson. True. Agreed. Um, Seattle, uh, look, I really like Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I mean, maybe this is foolish, but wide receiver 11 just feels too high when I think of all the other wide receivers in the league, um, I don't think it who, their, who their quarterbacks are and everything and what's going on. Cause I don't think it's too high. I just, I, He's in a wide receiver be... room with DK Metcalf. Um, I don't really. I'm not too concerned about Tyler Lockett long term. Do you think DK is washed or something? No, 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 no. DK isn't washed. Yeah. Um, I, I think. So again, this is gonna be his rookie year, and he just yeah. had the injury, so his first few weeks kind of might be a little bit tricky. I think by like mid-season next season, JSN is the like the, it's non-arguable number one receiver on that team. Is that is that a spicy take? I don't know how spicy that is. He's priced like it. <laughs> He's is priced it? above DK already. <laughs> okay, maybe not that spicy. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I like agree, JT, I don't know, but... it, Sorry, Linus, you're lagging a shit ton. I don't know if I should talk or not, or if you're going to start talking now. It's like five minutes from now, we hear you. Um, no, you, so you can go ahead. I'm sorry. The issue I, I have is that I don't want to knock Jackson Smith and Jigba just because DK and Tyler Lockett are on the team. Um, like, JSN, to me, is still just like a fantastic prospect. And if you look at his profile and compare it to most of the rookie profiles of the receivers in the league. I mean, 
he looks a lot more like a top 10 guy than a than a not. So I just think he's too good. I think I think he's gonna easily I think he's gonna easily be in the top ten after this rookie season. Um I think it's a debate of how far up he goes, but like um I'm trying to think. Like would you guys rather have right now JSN or Olave in Dynasty? Eh, I feel bad saying Olave. I'd um, probably take Olave. Olave. And then I'd Olave because yeah, I, 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 I do think <laughs> I feel bad bringing up Olave because he's stud, and I do think Olave is like a top eight dynasty receiver, but I, I think JSN is going to be better. Um, I think I just JSN could be, there. yeah, I think I, I think that could be true. It's just I think you're a fool to to right now take JSN over Olave just because of the value difference, right? Like you have to pick Olave. He's just he goes mm-hmm. around higher. He goes almost. No, not almost two rounds. It's I know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking value. Like in terms of, I'm just. I'm just saying who I think is going to be better. Okay. Yeah. No, that's like fair. Like that's fair. Yeah. My problem is is that JSN's like separated himself from Addison and Quinn Johnston, um, and I just don't think he's like that much better. And I don't even think he's better than Quinn Johnston, if we're being honest. Um. No. So I have him. I have him a tier ahead of. The other two. I think JSN, you could maybe argue, is like slightly overpriced. But I would make the argument, though, JT, that Quen Johnson, Zay Flowers, and Addison are all just kind of undervalued. Yeah, that might be the case. Especially when you look at, not necessarily compared to the other receivers, but when you look at a lot of these really talented young receivers as a whole and compare them to the running backs that they're being drafted by, it's like... Every single time I'm picking the receivers, it seems like in, in in these in these tiers. Well, yeah, I was looking at a DLF Ryan McDowell tweet out the um, rookie draft ADP over the past like three or four weeks, and Zach Charbonnet is now going ahead of Quinn Johnson and Flowers. And I just think that's as insane. prospects, yeah, it's kind that of that is insane. You would have to crazy. give me something on top of Charbonnet to get either of those two guys. If you're like trading, yeah, it's just the the running back thirst. <laughs> it happens every year that the running backs just creep up and up and up because people realize, oh, I need running backs for my team, and yeah. they just end up being bad prospects. Uh, DK, DK, I'm still. It's a soft underrated, I'd say, for DK because I think that's like an aptly rated value for DK. Um, I don't think it's terrible. I just. Uh... Um, I just think the price is too high for someone who, um, well, I mean, I mentioned role, and then there were guys behind him that I think I might take over DK. Um, I mean, just ignoring value, like stuff, like stuff that like shouldn't be the case, like, like DK's over like a Kyler, like I think we can all agree, like. That shouldn't be the case. It's just more so Kyler being underrated. But um, even someone like mm, I'll pull up. Would you guys rather have like uh, DK or DJ Moore? Probably. Ooh, that's close. I think I lean DK. I, I like both those guys. <laughs> Give me two guys that I really like. Yeah, I I, uh, I just think that DK, DK is fairly. I, I think you can make an argument for guys behind him being better because I can make an argument that I'd rather have Ayuk from a dynasty perspective. But fact of the matter is, 
I'll think that guy that was a 25 yard receiver who's put up like a 1400 yard that's season. All I was about. Like literally, that, that was the next name. Okay, so that was the next name I was about to say. Ayuk is a, like a little bit less than a thousand less um, than DK, and I think like I'd have them in the same tier. Ah, uh, dude, I, I think a little bit of recency bias is hitting is hitting DK Metcalf because you look at his freaking numbers like. The last two years were a little bit unfortunate, but that 2020 season he had in 16 games, putting up 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns, he could easily come out and repeat that season again. Like, he could easily come out and and do that shit. It's within the range of outcomes. I get it. I get it. He did do that too. I don't know. I I still do think – but how how think, are we gonna look at how are we gonna look at these numbers and price it at wide receiver fourteen potentially overrated? Yet T Higgins probably doesn't have the upside that DK has and is consistently ranked in the top ten. I think have we done the AFC North? Yeah. yeah like, I'm not, I don't hate yeah. T Higgins. I think T Higgins is a good player attached to a good offense, but like. DK Metcalf, I think, T. I Higgins, think, like, dude, what has he Higgins, shown to put up 1,300 yards in a season? I think T. Higgins gets the bump because of um, the passing attack that he's on. If you're asking why he's up there. And by the way, T. Higgins is only 100 more in value than Metcalf. It's not like a big difference. No, yeah, it's not a big difference. Um at least according to keep track. But I like I I think it's really hard to say that DK Metcalf is overrated, given the fact that he's only twenty five and he has proven upside. I still think he's very good. I still think he's very good. He's he'd be in my top twenty dynasty receivers. I would just have him closer to like eighteen than fourteen. I flipped to that one. I, I think. Tyler Lockett might be getting there. I just, I, he's just so good, dude. He's just so good. It's like the Keenan Allen philosophy. It's like, yeah, but Keenan Allen's like, he, Keenan Allen's like a dude who can put up wide receiver one seasons like forever. But like Keenan Allen, like, was borderline top five receiver, um, just like two years ago, maybe three. Whereas Tyler Lockett has been a very good, very underrated, consistently underrated wide receiver, but he's just not. He's not in that same tier of player, I'd say. The the problem though, JT, is that what if you're just selling too early on on him? I feel like because Tyler Lockett, whether it's on the Seahawks or not, I, I feel like can still be producing wide receiver two numbers at, at age 31, at age 32. Like around there is where yeah. I'd be concerned. Like, yeah, you're not gonna be able to sell him for a second at that point, but Yeah, it's just at this point, I think it's a depreciating asset. It uh, depends on what Jackson Smith and Jig was able to do right out of the gate, especially now that he's injured. Um, but, man, when I think, like, I think he's going to be the third guy on this. I, I, I think he's going to find himself out um, more more likely than not. Like, I think he's the third guy on this team. And Geno Smith would have to recreate what Geno Smith did last year, which 
do we know that's going to happen or is it going to be Geno Smith old? Um, but it's just too many ifs for me to be like, oh yeah, Tyler Lockett's worthy of the wide receiver 47 price when people getting drafted around him, if I pulled up, are Mike Evans is wide receiver 44. Now he's going like around high. Oh so. shit, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Now Rashad Bateman is also there. I don't know how I feel about him. That might not have been a good person to bring up, honestly. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of wide receivers like right around there where it's just like you could pivot, you gain value, you could do a lot just moving off Tyler Lockett. The the um, o- the only other mm-hmm. issue I have with moving Tyler Lockett though is that I, I think he from like a realistic perspective is just a hard player to sell. Um because yeah, if you're getting if you're getting this valuation this 3000, which is around a mid ish second, maybe like a 207, 208. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that that could be a good, a good value deal long term. And then you just go in and scoop up a, an undervalued type receiver to replace for like a third round pick. Trades involving Tyler Lockett recently are Tyler Lockett for two thirds, um, Tyler Lockett a second, I love and that. A fifth mm-hmm. for Brandon Ayuk and a third. That's... You like the two thirds for Tyler Lockett? I'm assuming the person paying that is a contender. So the first thing that came to my head was you like late. giving up two. You like giving up two thirds for Tyler Lockett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm it, saying buying Lockett. For I him. think we're two talking from the opposite, like what you're selling. Oh, okay, for. okay. I take that. I wouldn't sell so him for the value. Yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say I'm assuming whoever's getting Lockett is a playoff team, so those are two later half thirds, but whatever they yeah. may be. The um, value on Lockett is all over the place as I'm looking here because Tyler Lockett for 209 and 301 in this draft. Okay. Tyler Lockett for 2024 first. Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. for Tyler Lockett in a 2023 second for a 2024 first. Um, Tyler Lockett and Tony for Hollywood Brown. Lockett for Darius Slayton in a second in 2024. Lockett and Pacheco for James Cook. Um, Lock it in a first for Michael Pittman. Lock it for a second and third. He's all over the place. Him for just two ten straight up. That two ten kind of seems right in value. I, have to- I think that's a little low. It's. A, I was going to say actually a little bit low, but probably like I don't know, like two oh six. Frank, Frank, would you rather have like Rochon Johnson or Tyler Lockett? I'd probably rather have Tyler Lockett. Um, I feel like this round is a little. This year's second round is a little bit weaker. I think once again, it 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 comes down to like the both the price that you're paying and and what you're getting, um, and what your team is. Because obviously, if you're a team that is building for the future, that second round pick is a no brainer over Tyler Lockett. You can't hold Tyler Lockett, but. When you're talking about like a contender, dude, I, I just can't sell this guy for a late second. Like this is the type of player that I'm looking for with my late seconds, right? A, a, a locket, a Brandon Cooks, right? The dude that is not sexy, but I can pick up for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And you look at his seasons compared to any other receiver, he's top 24 usually. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. 
So lastly, for the NFC West, we got the 49ers. Brandon Ayuk, we all say, is underrated. He's been tearing up training camp, looks to I, be I out just, of Shanahan's. This baffles me, this this Ayuk price here. How is he How is he wide receiver 23? Make it make sense to me. It does not make sense. He's wide Anytime, receiver 28 on Bulletproof, too. And He's every like, league, I imagine this fucking happens. The person that has Ayuk, you need to pay DK Metcalf price to get him. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, looking like, at... Like, <laughs> you have to. Looking at Ayuk, um, hmm, there's not a lot of just one for... Ayuk for Pittman and Noah Fant. Ayuk for Jerry Judy in a third. Ayuk for Pittman straight up. Uh, Ayuk and Deontay for JSN. Um, there's not a lot else of just Ayuk like straight up one for one. Trade. Damn, train JSN for Ayuk and Deontay. That's a nice little contender move there. Yeah, I'd probably do that if I had JSN. I mean, it, dude, it depends. Like, cause you just if JSN. Um, what was it? Ayuk and JSN again? It lagged a little bit on mine. Ayuk and Deontay for JSN. Hmm. I like JSN a lot, but that's good value. Yeah, the fact that you're thinking about it makes me makes me feel like the Deontay side is very. I just think Deontay's gotten way too underrated. Yeah, you're just uh, really betting on JSN being like a top three dynasty receiver. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, in my opinion, I think JSN ends up being. Um, when I say I'm high, I think he ends up being a top seven dynasty receiver, maybe top six. I think he gets into like that tier, like. I think he's gonna have as good of a season because there's. I read something that like he probably won't be a hundred percent from his injury until like week four or five, um, but uh, I think he gets up into like close to like that Amon Ra tier, um, like T Higgins, mm -hmm. that sort. I'd rather have okay. him than T Higgins. I can say that. Um, and then lastly for the 49ers, Debo. I said overrated, but just slightly. I think we're going to see more running back Debo coming back. I think him and CMC are going to be used in very creative uh, dual threat ways. Um, so I think it's going to be a good year for Debo. I just think, though, it's, it's more wear and tear on his body. He's going to be 28 years old after the season. I, I think while, again, we've talked about it before in the past, like it's kind of the problem with this. Um, I just think he's going to be looked at lesser than next year than he will this year. Right. Yeah, I just think he's a he's a good player to have. I, I would buy Debo at his current price and hold him uh, as a contender mm -hmm. for the next couple seasons. This this kind of reminds me of there was a a period that I bought Keenan Allen, um, and it, it it's like. DJ Moore, I felt like was fitting into this, but then he swapped teams where it's they're 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 no longer the new guy on the block, and maybe they have like a slight down year, and you just get him at too much of a discount. Debo Samuel should be worth a first round pick still, a late first mm -hmm. round pick, and he's mm -hmm. under that valuation right now. Yeah, at, Parker at and I. Well, someone in chat, Parker, one of our friends, he he made a good trade for Debo just a couple weeks ago. Um. He snagged him for, I'd say, pretty cheap. Um, so I just think that mm -hmm. most deals that come out to even where you're giving a package of things for Debo or 
you're getting Debo like one for one, it's a pretty fucking good deal for you. Mm-hmm. All right, um, do we want to save this? Do we want to double up the division next week, or do we want to speed run this one? I'm okay with either. If you guys, I feel pretty good about being able to speed run it. If you guys want to do it right now, yeah, um, sure. Okay, speed run. Yeah, Dak, easy underrated considering Daniel Jones is above him. Um, just get out of here with that. Um, that's all I have to say. I mean, Dak, like he's so Kellen Moore has left the Cowboys, which does give me some pause about Dak um, and, and how much how how much this team will pass the ball. But now you're without Zeke, so you kind of have to rely on Tony Pollard in your run game. So I still feel pretty confident that they'll pass be one of the top passing teams. Um, and at quarterback 16, that's very cheap for someone who is still going to be around for a while and be like consistently a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, this is far too cheap for Dak. But once again, I think in leagues he goes a little bit higher than this. Yeah, Dak is mm-hmm. – yeah, he's kind of – QB 16 is way too low. Daniel Jones, incredibly overrated. <laughs> he's not good. He's not good. I don't know. <laughs> he could be good. I just don't want to – I want to get him at like QB 20 prices, yeah. not yeah. top 15 QB yeah, prices. No. Jalen Hurts, I think he's very good, but he's the third pick in startups, and Mahomes and Hurts, Josh Allen um, are just not moving. I guess that that's where we disagree. The only uh, uh, quarterback I'm taking over Jalen Hurts in Dynasty is Mahomes. Which oh, is yeah, I'm above Josh Allen. Yeah, I just can't do that yet because at least we've seen multiple years from Josh Allen of very high, like you know, top, top. It's there. No, I don't think, I don't think what you're saying is bad. I think a lot of people have that take. I'm just saying mine. Yeah. Uh, Sam Howell's a weird one for me. Cause I really like Sam Howell. He's starting to pick up steam though, and be at a point where risk reward. I don't know. <sighs> I'm going to put a U. I don't love it though at quarterback 25, but I think that's fairly priced for someone who's locked up the, uh, starting quarterback job for for Washington this year. Um, I don't know. I agree. With you. I, I would be selling off that. I think it's a fair price. I'd be, you say, selling, I'd be selling off this news, uh, getting that mid mid to early second or potentially like second and third type trade. Yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a fifth round pick. I thought he should have gone way higher. The NFL clearly disagreed with me. So... He doesn't have a lot of draft capital supporting him, and if it's a bad year, he's going to get replaced the likes of Davis Mills and you know take most quarterbacks who get drafted outside the first round. Um, but there's a chance that he plays themselves out of uh, himself out of getting drafted, um, out of a replacement getting drafted for him. So I don't know. I'll just say you for now, but I don't feel strong. Very confident. So Tony uh, Pollard is running back eight. Right. I, yeah, I don't think this, I don't think that this price tag is going to be very realistic that you see in, in most leagues. Um I just struggle to see Tony Pollard being valued significantly ahead of a guy like a, a Kenneth Walker. I think that that's where he's more actually valued around. Um which like yeah. I, I think you could still make the case that he's overvalued. 
Yeah, I did not know that was the case for Tony Pollard. Um, looking at the backups, Deuce Vaughn is just look. Tinder girl JT might be out here, but he's tall. He's he's small. <laughs> These backup um, running backs for Dallas look. I mean, other than Deuce Vaughn, who's looked good, they the the backups suck. It looks like for for Dallas. I thought a guy like Malik Davis could be interesting. He's not done really anything. To, to even prove that he can get the fucking think, ball, let alone like... I think the Athletic, though, just came out with a report that he should be the backup. Who, Deuce Vaughn? No, Malik Davis. See, now that see that's what's... This is what's annoying about Tony Pollard's valuation, and the, this is... The market is reflecting this. We all can agree that Tony Pollard is not the... Like, as talented as some of the running backs that are ranked around him from like a pure running perspective but his victim of circumstance is ridiculous like <laughs> yeah he's going to go crazy and he does have some juice he's not i'm not saying he's like bad or anything i just don't think he's like a legit top 10 dynasty running back kind of guy yeah agree uh that's the Dallas backfield. We all said Saquon's underrated. Frank even went so far as to say that he's the two slash three. Um, he's a great, great hero RB type player. Mm -hmm. uh, Eric Gray, we don't care about. Eagles, DeAndre Swift. Uh, yeah, running back 27 feels pretty underrated mm -hmm. for someone that catches a bunch of passes. Yeah, so uh, pretty much the read I've gotten... Um, because I follow a bunch of Eagles beat reporters just as like being a fan. It's it's been kind of one A, one B Swift Gainwell, then Penny after them with first team reps. Okay. I still don't really care about Gainwell. I like Penny, uh, but not as much now that DeAndre Swift's there. Um Washington, we all have the O on Brian Robinson. Um it seems like him and Antonio Gibson are like basically splitting work. They yeah, they, they preseason. Snaps, um this preseason with the first team offense. And I'm guessing the same with you guys, just thinking Antonio Gibson is a better and more dynamic player. Um yeah. it's they're twenty four and twenty five years old. I just think Gibson's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm struggling on these kinds of guys because uh I do like Brian Robinson, but at the same time that price seems a little bit high. Like when you compare him to someone like Rashad Penny, um, man, I'm not really convinced that Brian Robinson's that much better than Rashad Penny. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think so either. I I do I just I liked Brian Robinson as a prospect so much he he just looked really rough last season at parts. Um, yeah, I don't think he's like bad. I'm just like, meh. Because I now the one once again, like this I don't actually think is a real reflection of what you see in most leagues. I think right now, based off of the hype, Antonio Gibson is priced higher than Brian Robinson. I would assume so too. Like I think if I think if startup drafts happening right now, I think Antonio Gibson goes ahead of him. Right, and if like no. if you were to do a Twitter poll, I think Antonio Gibson wins that. If you were just to ask who, who wins straight up, I agree. 
I think he's like also easily the more dynamic receiver. Um, I even think he's the better runner. But you know, I'm throwing a U on Chris Rodriguez. I kind of like Chris Rodriguez. I okay. don't know, Adam. Um, I was gonna say I have to give a take. Luke Schoonmaker, I think, is the guy to own out of this Dallas tight end group. Decent prospect out of Michigan. Team likes to pass a lot. I don't like Jake Ferguson. Also, that that is part of the. <laughs> Frank, you were dying. Frank, you were dying on this hill. What? <laughs> well, I think now he's definitely overvalued, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna die on my hill. I, I think, I think he's. I think he's in line for a big season on the Giants. That's what it fucking looks like. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh. Dallas Goddard as tight end six seems overrated to me, but then the actual keep trade cut points of like 38, 3,900, yeah. I feel like that's fine. Especially for like a tight end that's like, there's so very few reliable tight ends. High scoring offense, he's going to be third in targets. Um, I like Dallas Goddard a lot. Yeah, like he he's he's in the... Honestly, we should rename the Mixon paradox the fucking Goddard paradox because <laughs> I feel like he's the most impossible to move player from both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. You guys don't like Cole Turner? Uh, I think I think Logan Thomas ends up producing him this season. Yeah, I just don't think any of these Washington tight ends are going to matter. Well, I, I think I think I think whoever the tight end that produces the most is like. Well, their top three receivers are easily going to have more yards and touchdowns and catches between um, McLaurin, Curtis, and uh, Dotson, which Dotson has looked good, by the way, but we'll get into him. CD at wide receiver four feels right, but he's a first-round startup pick, and that's kind of where I draw the line on CD. Um, Same. Uh, I think I'm writing O, but I think that price is fair. Um He's Brand Cooks is Brand Cooks is probably a second wide receiver in a pass happy happy offense. I'll take Brandon Cooks at that price. You guys both think Gallup's overrated at nineteen hundred? Yeah, I think he's kind of just lost a step at this point. Yeah, the ACL. Which feels mean for a twenty-seven year old, but I don't think it's the same Gallup that I saw. Nineteen hundred is just really low for me. He's annoying to me because I want I don't really want to hold him on my team. I feel like he's a waste of a roster spot, but he does have I mean he's a guy who's put up a thousand yards before, right? Like how many other yeah. players can say that? Um you give him another year off the ACL or whatever the fuck injury he had. Apparently that's a thing where like it's the second year, not the year yeah, after. But that's true. I mean we'll we'll see if he can put it to the test. Um, yeah, I just like Hyatt a lot, so I'm going to put the U next to him. I think he's a really good player. Um, and then lastly, from what it looks like out of the Giants, I, I think that um, Slayton, Campbell, Hodgins, those are the guys right now that have been in that first-team rotation. Is Wandale not playing? Is that what's going on there? Is that what a... Uh, let me look that up. Wandale Robinson. I think he might be on the PUP. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he started running routes. On, yeah, yeah, he was on the PUP, but he started to run routes. That's what I was about to say. I think he's like just coming back from injury. 
Right. I, I might just re-roll the second if I could on Wandale, mass offer him out. It's a weird one because it's a small sample size, but he did have a bunch of targets in that small sample size. Um, it's a weird wide receiving room. Right. I, I'm just not... I just would probably be more comfortable re-rolling the second rounder. Um, because I, I, I think that especially with the camp time and early in the season, one of Slayton Campbell Hodgins is going to be good. I think it, my bet is actually on Slayton. Um, and the fact that you can get him as like the wide receiver five on this team, I, I think he's one of the most underrated players in dynasty. Between the three you listed, I'll go Hodgins, but I don't blame me for picking to, to To use Lunas's word in talent, I just think Wandell Robinson blows those guys out of the water in talent, and I think he's going to... I agree. Whether I don't know how long it takes, but I think he's going to be top dog at some point this season. Yeah, and I, I think... Though. Yes? I see Slayton comes out and is able to put up 740 yards, 750 yards, and then another 724-yard season last year where I feel like he was only getting in the groove in parts. Like, I just, I, I just don't think it – I don't think it's going to happen. I, I like don't know, Hyatt, man. Hodgins all the way more. And that's just the receivers, never mind uh, Darren Waller. We definitely yeah, were able dude, to speed at, at this season. at the fourth round price. I feel like I'm looking at a player that if if it clicks for a full because I, I feel like in any of these seasons that he's had, his rookie year probably clicked the most. It was only for half a year, right? 2020, very like mid. That that Giants team, I'm pretty sure that year was just would, would dog shit, have, right? It was complete yeah, terrible. Would you rather have him or Gallup? I'd rather have I'd rather have Slayton. Um, like last year, once again, I, I really, he didn't like put it together for a full year. If we can get Darius Slayton to actually be involved in the offense for a full year, I, I think he can be like a 900 yard kind of guy. He can put up a 900 yard season. And for this price is pretty fucking nice. That's a pretty good get. That's a flex player. Yeah, I just I don't think he's putting it together. I you know That's I might a... be I might be scraping nickels a little bit there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think he's putting it together. It's the problem. Uh, Eagles. Um, so AJ Brown, I think Smith, I'm gonna overrated. Like... Devontae Smith, I think, is actually underrated. AJ Brown, I think, is appropriately priced, but Devontae Smith, I think, is underrated. I think. By the end of this season, their production is going to be extremely similar. Yeah, I just but think with it's both pretty, having a leap with confidence, and I think this is a consensus take. Most people would agree this is probably the most that AJ Brown is going to be valued at. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think I, I wrote to you. I think AJ Brown's a fair price. I still think, like, I would still buy Devonte Smith right now, even at this wide receiver. Not this feels. So calling it the Walmart version is dirty. I don't know what to like, like an applicable, slightly less chain store. Like, <laughs> but it, it's it's like the the Bengals, where you have these two high-rated receivers. I just think Chase and T Higgins. 
Oh, do you think they're a tier below those guys? I mean, I think Chase is ahead of AJ Brown, but I think Devontae Smith is better than T. Higgins. I think we're just splitting hairs. I I mean, I I think from fantasy wise, I think you might get to as long as Joe Burrow is fully healthy, which it seems like he's coming back and going to be fine. Has T. Higgins had a season as good as Devontae Smith did last year? Uh, No, No, but I don't think he's played. Uh, full. Let me check T. Higgins' stats. I don't think he's ever like, played a Again, if, if I were to rank those receivers right now, I'd go Chase, A.J. Brown, Devontae, Higgins. Which is, that's the only case I'm making. Yeah. Chase I, is obviously like in a league of his own. I think this is the year that I think Chase and T. Higgins both finish wide receiver ones. Okay. And, and considering they're all healthy and everything, I think both those guys are wide receiver ones this year. I know this is the NFC East we're talking about. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, that's just my issue with uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I, th- I just think, like you were saying, Frank said it, um, this is probably a highest rate we'll see A.J. Brown uh, for the rest of time. Devontae Smith, I've definitely warmed up on. I used to be kind of a hater of his. Um, I still feel like that's pretty high for Devontae Smith. I think he's, he's going to get passed. I think he's going to get passed by your guy, JSN Lunas. I think he's going to get passed by Drake London. I think he's going to get passed by... Um, let me just pull up the bulletproof to see who else is up here. Uh, I think I think Devonte Smith by the end of this season mm-hmm. is like I'm high on Devon. Like I shouldn't have actually put a U for AJ Brown. I, I wish I could put a C because I think that's just like that's his price and that's how it's going to be. I just didn't want to say overrated. I could see Devonte Smith being dynasty wide receiver six um, by the end of the year or maybe five. I think him and AJ okay. Brown are good. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the Eagles in re- in like yards, but AJ Brown still has more touchdowns. Um, and then training camp has kind of been a similar story. I, I just okay. think he stays in this tier. That's fair. Like he's just gonna chill around here. I'm like just... I, I agree, he could get passed by some of those dudes behind him, but at the same time, he's probably then gonna pass the Tyree kills and, um. I mean, if he hasn't already passed those type type of players in value. Um, moving on to the Commanders, that's their team name. Uh, uh, John I, 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 yep. So I wrote, I wrote no. I think that's the exact right price. I, I would have him at wide receiver. Like if I, I would put a C if I could. Okay. Um, I think he's a little bit less than that. I yeah. I think that's a fairish price for John Dotson. Yeah. Now, the more interesting one that I thought, though, was Terry McLaurin, because I was yeah, ready he was to put, lower than I thought. I was ready to put you on Terry McLaurin, but now knowing he has turf toe and that's an annoying injury for wide receivers, I'm going to put in no for now. Because I don't know what the deal what this season's going to look if like. If he ends up if he ends up being fine by week one. Yeah, if he ends up being fine, like I, I think Sam Howell is good enough to make it. Like, like I think Sam Howell is good enough that he's not going to hinder Terry McLaurin, and we know Terry McLaurin's good. So I think he'll have a good season. It's just that the turf toe is always a weird one for me. Um, it's kind of like how Jake is with Bliss Frank, although I don't think it's like a long term thing. I just think like in terms of a year, it could really hinder a fantasy performance. 
I still anyway, like I think... Curtis Samuel. I can't believe you have an O on Curtis Samuel. <laughs> yeah, wide receiver eight. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> this is the problem. Because I, I also really like Curtis Samuel, but I think I do this every year. I put the U on him, and then he just doesn't perform to my expectations. Yeah, he was nice <laughs> he for the first half he of last year. He wasn't bad last year, yeah. yeah. He was fine, but again, he just he went down again. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, like I just Curtis think Samuel. he's going to DJ Chark his way back into relevancy. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, it looks like this is... Nope. We're, we're yeah. almost here. We're almost at mm-hmm. the start of the new season. Yeah, sorry about the hiatus. Uh, computer was broken, but we should be good now. Um, we made it this far. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. Peace out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.